Hello captives and captive friends and welcome to this GCP short produced in partnership with Swiss Re Corporate Solutions and all about multi-year multi-line reinsurance structures. We have only intermittently dived into alternative reinsurance structures on the podcast before so it is good to go in depth with an insurer with plenty of experience in executing them. Over the next 15 minutes I'll be joined by Thomas Keist, Global Captive Solutions Leader at SRCR and his colleague Marco Adamo, Senior Structure of Innovative Risk Solutions. Swiss Re Corporate Solutions will be speaking on two panels at the European Captive Forum in Luxembourg on Wednesday 9th of November. One featuring Thomas is on resilient capital allocation and another is on optimizing captive reinsurance. So if you're interested in this topic, definitely get along to that session if you are attending. A link to the European Captive Forum is in the episode show notes and I look forward to seeing and reconnecting with many good friends and contacts in Luxembourg. So, Tom, we know captives have been growing and expanding during the latest market cycle, and, and many are writing multiple lines of insurance now. How is this changing the kind of reinsurance discussions that you're having with clients? So, reinsurance discussions have materially changed. So, in the past, it was uh, also mostly about, you know, single line reinsurance, basically above uh, captive's retention on a, on a single line of business. But now in the meantime, we are completely dominated by other things, right? So we have this uh, series of crises in the world that are still not really over. We had the pandemic. We now have the war in the Ukraine. We have a very, let's say, a hard, a hard, a relatively hard commercial insurance market. And that makes all of this makes the the life of our captive clients not easy. And a lot of the discussions are now no more around, as I said, single line of business uh, reinsurance. It's more about capital protection, especially also because captives are requested by their parents to look into taking on more risk, uh, taking on much more risk, either from existing uh, lines of business that they are already writing or also new lines of business coming in, in in addition. And that means the scarcity of the capital within the captive becomes the single most important uh, focus point of the captive's management. Marco, we, we hear a lot at the moment about multi-year, multi-line structures, cross-craft solutions. Can you outline for us some of the mechanics of those and how you view them and, and what you think the benefits of that approach are? Uh, yes, Richard. So before we, we go into the details and the benefits of multi-year or multi-line, I think it's worth it to take a step back and understand and make clear that uh, all the solutions are nothing else than part of a bigger umbrella, which is the, the structured reinsurance. Uh, structured reinsurance solutions is really a set of tools at disposals, uh, disposal of captives, which obviously, as Tom rightly said, are currently facing uh, extreme complexity. And they're actually trying to respond to the corporation need uh, with obviously a dynamic attitude to capital protection. 
Now, structured reassurance uh, really can be designed and tailor-made to the needs uh, of the captives. And uh, this design many times depends on a range of uh, different factors. Factors that could be, for instance, the underlying exposure. It could be the underlying uh, claims activity. But the key element uh, that needs to be kept into account is uh, the captive risk retention strategy. So how much uh, the captive wants to retain in terms of risk and how much they want to transfer. Now, if we move into the uh, multi-year and multi-line solutions, they're obviously a one of the shapes that structured reinsurance can take. Talking about multi-year, for instance, they take the shape of usually three to five-year solutions. And they are used to smooth the volatility that can happen over time. When talking about multi-line instead, uh, which is usually referred or often referred as uh, cross-class, in this case, these type of solutions are used to avoid unexpected and unexpected losses, which are generated from uh, different lines, which might or might not be correlated. Generally, in the market, we see a combination of both. We see the multi-line, multi-year. And obviously, the goal is really to obtain that diversification, which will happen both uh, through time and across lines. Other benefits uh, are identified uh, in uh, the stability that this uh, type of covers give. Stability in the medium long term, obviously, as I said before, these are very much customized covers. So that means that there is a high probability of renewal. Obviously, there is also stability in price and capacity over time because they get locked in. And another very important element is the fact that through this type of structures, depending on the design, there is the possibility to include difficult to insure risks. Yeah, I think it's a key understanding point that these structures, multi-line, multi-year solutions, they tend to be there to act as if it would be capital. So in other words, it's it's a capital surrogate. So the captive has the option to either send more capital into the captive or to go for such structures like multi-line, multi or cross-class stop-loss solutions. And they be, these products become ca- capital surrogates. And that's a, that's a very important thing to keep in mind. So obviously, we know that there are different ways to structure these programs. And of course, every program is different and it will depend on the risks that are going in there, the risk appetite of the captive and of the parent corporation. So Marco, are there kind of any common pitfalls or mistakes that lead to these structures being kind of inefficiently set up? Um, yes, so it's um, in my opinion, it's always important to uh, go back to the to the motivation that uh, that the captive has. So the ultimate need that the captive has uh, has to be crystal clear. It is very important because uh, many times captives, uh, because of uh, you know lack of time, uh, lack of resources, uh, or, or even sometimes driven by the wrong need, what they tend to do is uh, you know choosing a, a one-size-fits-all approach. Uh, so trying to standardize, uh, which obviously you know leads uh, uh, in some cases uh, into inefficiencies, inefficiencies which are generated by the fact that. Uh, lines or risks uh, which are less predominant in the, into the overall loss activity, into the overall loss exposure from uh, uh, the underlying assets, 
they basically might uh, uh, not generate a payout, but at the same time get priced in due to the fact that there is a certain price for capacity which is accounted into the um, reinsurance calculation. So obviously, it's very, very important to really focus uh, on the initial motivation understanding what is uh, the driving motive that leads the captive to buy and purchase that that reinsurance protection and then tailor made the solution to the real needs uh, of the captive and what about lines of insurance that should or shouldn't be included in these structures marco is should is it by default that a captive should include all lines in a kind of multi-line multi-year reinsurance structure or how do they decide which lines are the correct ones to be included yeah, Richard, that's a very good question. As I said before, uh, there is a, a certain level of inefficiency that, that happens uh, when uh, there is a standardization. So when you try to you know, build and design structures which uh, take on board every line into the, the captive portfolio, then you end up in uh, really building up a structure which uh, uh, will probably be inefficient and not only inefficient, but uh, also unsustainable through through the time. So what I would see uh, and what's, uh, what's important to consider is really focusing on those lines uh, uh, which are impact, impactful, which are driving uh, the uh, exposure and the loss activity, and which in the end, uh, obviously, are major driver into the overall expected loss, which is... Uh, uh, then uh, the main factor in designing the right attachment point and the right exit point when building up a structured reinsurance protection. So Thomas, Marco's spoken there about some of the motivations and also uh, some of the kind of mistakes to avoid in making sure that it is an efficient structure. In terms of how the client defines and decides upon the optimal attachment point for these programs, how how large should these go and, and how do they make that decision? Yes, as always, there's no definite and precise answer as it all yeah. depends. But what we can probably uh, offer is, a, is, a, is a, you know, a more of a general rule of thumb about this. First of all, the captive has to define what is their own capital setup. You know, what kind of loss scenarios is it able to sustain? And what are the probabilities of these scenarios? And obviously, for all scenarios that have a probability that they exceed the scenarios taken into account for the capital calculation, you know, the protection should start there, right? But as a rule of thumb, we always say probably optimal place to start uh, with an attachment point for a cross-class stop-loss, for example, is where for scenarios where the probability of exceeding a certain loss burden is roughly 10%, right? So, you know, in actuarial terms, the 90th percentile, right? So, in other words, you choose a cross-class stop-loss attachment point where the loss will be covered under this stop loss once every 10 years on average. Now, the second question is then, of course, how far should the, the cover go? What, what should be the limit? What should be the cover limit? So in other, in other words, where should be the exit points of that cross-class stop loss? So when we say the probability of entering this coverage is 10%, 
the probability of exiting as a rule of thumb, we say, you know, the one in a hundred or one in a 200 year event. And that means in actuarial terms, the 99th or the 99.5th percentile. So in other words, the probability that the coverage is the stop cross class stop loss coverage use, used up fully should be around either one or 0.5 percent. So these are quite complex structures, Tom, and as we discussed, there's different ways to do it. What What is the role that Swiss Re Corporate Solutions plays in, in designing or executing or participating in, in these structures? What we're really good at, Richard, is that we have the capability to sit with the client and listen and understand precisely where they are coming from, what is the motivation of looking into such structures, and what is really needed uh, in terms of designing these structures such that these, these needs are really covered. And I'm outlining this because we truly believe such more complex structures, multi-line, multi-year reinsurance structures behind captives are not something that you can take off a drawer. You really need to design them. And that's what we're good at. And we're also then good at actually build the actuarial model in the right way uh, to come up with a uh, usually competitive quote as well on such a structure like, for example, a cross-class stop-loss protection. What I can say is that our team has actually achieved quite a solid track record with these kind of more complex structures. And we can now leverage this extensive expertise. And we have obviously in the meantime, a very broad set of these kind of more complex structures and alternative risk transfer solutions. And we are set up globally, which means you can talk to us wherever you are. So we've, we've done the exercise on uh, trying to understand what is the key success factor when designing such solutions. And in our view, engagement uh, with all the parties and, and open dialogue, early engagement, are really fundamental items in having a successful transaction. Because only with that, uh, you can really dig deep and understand what's the true motivation and what are the key goals to then obviously activate the, the overall risk management strategy. In terms of who those parties are, is that client, yourselves, broker? Uh, it needs to be uh, obviously a combination and you know, you can't, you can't exclude anyone. Uh, it needs to be an open dialogue. It needs to be a good collaboration. But as I, I want to stress this in, uh, enough, uh, it needs to be early uh, in the stage to then obviously um, result in a proper collaboration, a proper partnership in defining these type of structures. Well, thank you to Thomas and Marco of Swiss Re Corporate Solutions for a very informative GCP short on multi-year, multi-line structures for captives. If you would like more information on Swiss Re Corporate Solutions captive services, then please visit their friend of the podcast page on our website. There is also a link in the episode show notes. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and see you next time, captives. Captives.